Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today will be taken from the reading in the book of Acts. You may be seated this morning. We begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning on Confirmation Sunday for the work you have done in the lives of the students here at Community Lutheran Church. But Lord, not just for the students, but for all the members here, for we are continuing to grow as disciples in your kingdom by hearing, learning, and caring. Now, Lord, we pray today that you would teach us what it means to live as those who are always learning from your word. Now, Lord, I pray then that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. A number of years ago, I was at a leadership conference, and one of the people putting on the conference opened the conference by, by saying to us, now listen, when you come to a conference like this, very often you can feel like you're being overwhelmed with information, like there's just too much going on. You almost feel like you're drowning in the information. It's kind of like you go to a conference like this, and you sometimes feel like you're standing in front of a fire hose, and they turn on the fire hose, and you're just being inundated with water. There's just too much going on, too much to take in. And then you're supposed to go home and sort of work with all of this. He says, I recommend when you come to a conference like this, pretend like you have a bucket and you don't want to fill the bucket up by holding up in front of the water hose. Instead, what you want to do is just get three drips, three drips of water. Take those three things home with you and begin to build on those, begin to work with those things. Well, today is Confirmation Sunday. And we have been basically for the past three years putting our junior high students through the theological fire hose, all right? We have been turning on the water and inundating them with information. And they have learned about the Bible. They've learned about the Ten Commandments. They have learned the Lord's Prayer, the Apostles' Creed. They've learned about the sacraments. They've learned about confession and absolution. And they've learned what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ in this world. And what I really want to do one day is just have them come and sit up front so we can ask them any question we want from the fire hose we call the catechism and see if they get it right. Now, in this service, we have no students here, so I'm going to call on uh, you guys to see how well you remember your confirmation classes. Are you ready? Yeah, right, somebody. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, we're not going to do that today. But what I am going to do, uh, instead of sort of uh, trying to draw out from you everything you've ever learned in confirmation, is I want you to think of yourself today uh, as someone who has confessed your faith in Jesus Christ, as a continual learner of the Word of God. I want to give you three drops, three things to think about as you live your life as a disciple of Jesus Christ and as a member of Community Lutheran Church. All right, three drops for you to take away with you this morning. Instead of trying to uh, give you the entire catechism today, we'll take these three drops with us this morning, okay? So the three drops I want you to take away in your bucket. The first drop is this. You are not an expert. You are not an expert. When you were confirmed back in junior high, you were not made an expert in the Word of God. Nobody in this room today is an expert on the Word of God, and no one ever will be an expert on the Word of God. We are always continual learners. We are constantly learning the Word of God. This is why we say here at CLC, it is crucial for you to be a part of the Bible studies, because you're always learning God's Word together for the, the learn and hear, learn, care. We are always learning God's Word together in Bible study. You need to be getting into the Word. 
See, too often when we do Confirmation Sunday, we treat it kind of like a graduation. And I, I was doing a little studying on the history of this. You know, Confirmation, uh, unfortunately, when it was sort of established the way we do it now, lined up very nicely with sort of the, uh, the German school system so that confirmation and graduation took place very often at the same time, much like it is this year. The problem is, when you confirm your faith in Jesus Christ, you're not graduating from anything. You're not sort of uh, now moving on. Now, sure, you don't have to come to classes on Wednesday night. You'll learn this next year. You don't have to come to classes on Wednesday nights anymore. But that doesn't mean you're done learning as a disciple of Jesus. Confirmation is not a graduation. It is a launching pad into a life of faith where the Word of God continually forms us and shapes us. Where the Word of God continually uh, uh, you know, uh, forces us to become what God has called us to be. It continually kills us and makes us alive. It continues to deliver to us Jesus Christ and everything we need for life and salvation. And we never get to the point in life where we're experts of this thing. No, it's the authority over us, and it continues to form and shape who we are. Consider Peter today in our reading from the book of Acts. This is a fascinating account here of what took place in his life. Now, if we were going to look for anybody in the history of the world who ought to have been an expert in the Word of God, it would have been Peter. I mean, he had confirmation with Jesus, right? Three years under the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ and God taught him everything he needed to know. Here, he learns from Jesus. He studies under him. He witnesses the resurrection of Jesus and Jesus teaches him after he is risen from the dead. He then gives Peter a position of authority over the apostles and there in the church. Uh, Peter is made one of the chief leaders in the church. He even writes some of the scriptures. So, I mean, if anybody is going to be considered an expert on the word of God, it's going to be Peter, right? Well, even Peter needed to keep learning. As we see in our reading today, Peter himself was no expert, but had to continually learn. The account goes like this. One day, Peter was in a city called Joppa, and he was staying at his friend's house, Simon the Tanner. And one day, Peter is up on the roof of the house praying when suddenly he has a vision. God lays down before him a sort of picnic blanket <laughs> uh, with all kinds of unclean animals on it. Now, when I say unclean animals, I don't mean a dog that needs a bath. What I'm talking about unclean animals is I'm referring to the Old Testament. And the Old Testament had a list of rules and regulations saying, listen, these are animals you cannot eat. If you eat these animals, they will make you ritually unclean. That means you will need to be separated from God's presence and worship, and you will need to be separated uh, from the people of God until you cleanse yourself. And so uh, these animals, these unclean animals, are set before Peter, and Peter hears a voice from heaven that says, Now, Peter, take and eat. And Peter says, No. Peter talks back to God. He sort of has this habit in his life, you know. He talks back to God and corrects God and says, Now listen, God, uh, no common or unclean thing has ever entered my mouth. I am far holier than you give me credit for, God. Uh, but now Peter has to be corrected three times. Three times the conversation takes place. Three times this happens. And finally God prevails saying, What God has made clean, do not call common. And so Peter finally got to eat bacon-wrapped shrimp, and he rejoiced, okay? Uh, so Peter was very excited about this. Now, what God was doing for Peter here was not just expanding his menu. 
He was actually teaching Peter a lesson about cleanliness and uncleanliness in the kingdom of God. And what Peter noticed then is when he went downstairs, there were a number of people there waiting to meet him. They were Gentiles. And again, according to the Old Testament, these Gentiles were considered unclean. And so Peter learned in that moment that God has made, uh, we should no longer call common what God has made clean. And what Peter actually learned was that those things that distinguished Jews from Gentiles, those things that made one clean or unclean, had been removed and overcome by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that the Jews and Gentiles were both equally clean in the eyes of the kingdom of God. Anybody with faith in Jesus Christ is clean in the eyes of the kingdom of God, in the, kingdom, in the eyes of God. And so these now were brothers and sisters in Christ. Because in baptism, there is no clean or unclean. There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female. All are one in Christ Jesus. Peter learns this lesson. Now, Peter had this lesson taught to him. If he had studied the Old Testament a little bit closer, he would have found the scriptures uh, prophesying this day coming. He also, if he had witnessed what Jesus did a little more closely, perhaps in Jesus' ministry, he would have seen Jesus loving and reaching out to and serving the Gentiles and treating them in the same way he treated the Jews. But Peter needed this vision. See, Peter was always learning. He had to constantly learn God's word and continue to form and shape him. This is what we learn today, that as disciples, we are never experts. We are always students of Jesus Christ, always learning. So that's the first drop. We are not experts. Second drop in the bucket today that I want you to have is that as disciples of Jesus Christ, you are not alone. You are not alone in this world. Very often as you watch the news and you listen to the things going on in the world around you, you Christians, sometimes you will feel alone. Sometimes you'll begin to feel like, I must be the only person in the world who thinks these things. I must be the only person in the world who believes these things. Everyone else is talking about me as though I'm foolish and ridiculous for believing the things I believe and confessing the things I confess. And sometimes we can feel like we're alone in this. But as disciples of Jesus Christ, you are never alone. Every time you confess the creed on Sunday morning, you are confessing a faith that thousands upon thousands upon thousands, perhaps millions, maybe billions of people have confessed over the period of the last 2,000 years. You are united to a community of believers. You are united to a church where you are one of the members and you have callings and responsibilities in this place, but you are not alone in this church. God has made you a part of a family. He's made you a part of a body. When we come to the altar to receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ at this meal, we are united, not just with the people in the sanctuary, but with every saint who's ever had faith in Jesus Christ and who has communed at the altar. We are all one in Christ Jesus. You are not alone. But what this means is that you have a responsibility in the body. You are a member of the church, and every member matters. Every part of the body contributes to something, which means you are surrounded by people this morning that God has called you to serve. You are surrounded by people this morning that God has called you to care for. This is another part of our view of discipleship here at Community, that we care for everybody that God gives us, and this is especially true in the church. With your gifts and responsibilities in this church, you are called to care for the very people who are sitting around you this morning. Look at Peter again today. Notice how Peter cared for the people that God had given to him. After having this vision and then going and having dinner at the Gentiles' homes, a great uproar arose within the church, and many of the Jewish leaders were nervous about this. 
They were upset to find out that Peter was now eating shrimp at a Gentile house. This, this worried them. And so they called Peter in and they said, listen, you're bringing this uncleanliness into the, ch- into the church and God is going to reject us. And so notice what Peter does. He has to care for those Gentiles by teaching the truth uh, to the Jews there in the church. He says, listen, the blood of Christ was shed for them just as much as it was shed for us. God has united them to us, and now we are all one in Christ Jesus. And the, the, the Gentiles benefited from this. The Gentiles were brought into the community because Peter cared for them. God used Peter. He gave him a vision, but he had also given him an authority. He had given him a position in the church, a calling and a responsibility in the church to teach the people God's word. And he used this gift to care for both the Jews and the Gentiles by uniting them together. Now, this is interesting. Uh, There are not a lot of Jews in our church. There are a few Jewish people in our congregation. Uh, But there's a great deal of Gentiles in our congregation as well. And the reality is because of this moment, because of what God did at this time, we are all now one in Christ Jesus. We needed uh, Peter to do this. We needed God to use Peter to care for the church in this way, for this is why we were together. See, Peter knew his role in the body. He knew he was called to care. Now, you again are surrounded by a great number of people in this church today who need you to care for them. There are people here in this church and even outside of this church who are hurting a great deal. They need to know that they have a Jesus who can heal them. There are people who are lonely and scared in this world. And they need to know there is a Jesus who will protect them. There are people in fear and shame and guilt, and they need to know that there is a Jesus who loves them and has forgiven them and has died and risen for them and gives them hope. And now Jesus has placed that message on your lips. I have a good friend who always says it this way. Uh, the, word of God has always come, uh, the word of God always comes to us on the lips of another. Those are your lips he's talking about. He has called you to care for the world by delivering to them the good news of Jesus Christ. He has called you to care for your brothers and sisters in this place by delivering them the message of Jesus Christ from your own mouth and to their own ears. We need you. We need you to do this for us. Just as you need us to do this for you. See, you are not alone. God has called and made you a part of a body in which we are to care for everybody he gives to us in this place. So, first drop in the bucket. You are not an expert. Second drop in the bucket. You are not alone. Third drop in the bucket, and perhaps the most important drop of the bucket, if you hear nothing else today, this is the last thing you need to hear. That word that I just spoke of, that word that that comes into our ears from the lips of another, that word of God, you need to know this. That word is for you. The third word here, the third drop in the bucket today is this. God's word is for you. This is a remarkable thing, especially for us Gentiles to to really realize here uh, that after Peter preached that message, uh, the Jewish leadership was amazed by this. They were overwhelmed, and it silenced all their arguments. And suddenly they began to rejoice and praise God, and this is what they said. They glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. For us Gentiles, what this means is, God's word has come for us. God's word has come to you just as it was given to the Jews, so now it has come to us Gentiles and made us all one in Christ Jesus. This word is for us. And here's what that word is. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit 
have worked to create this creation, this beautiful world. And he has created us to be a part of this world. And we in our sin have rebelled against him. This is the truth of the matter. You and I are sinners against this God who has created us and given us nothing but good things. We have rebelled and turned our backs on him, led a war against him. And for this we deserve to be punished. For this we deserve to die. For this we deserve to be separated from God for all of eternity. That is what you deserve and that is what I deserve. It's what all sinners deserve. But God is not content to give us what we deserve. So the Father sent the Son, Jesus Christ, put on flesh and entered into this creation so that he might take our sins upon his back and carry them to the cross. And there on that cross, Jesus Christ died for your sins and for my sins. He paid the death penalty that we deserve. God was satisfied with this sacrifice that Jesus offered. And because he died, your sins are forgiven. On Easter Sunday, then, Jesus rose again to declare us justified, to declare us righteous, and promise us the gift of everlasting life. And you know he's done this for you because he has sent you his Holy Spirit. But when he baptized you, he gave you his Holy Spirit who called you into this kingdom, enlightened you with the gifts of Jesus Christ, forgives your sins, sanctifies you, and sustains you in the one true faith. Every time you hear this word of forgiveness, you can say, that is for me, because it is the Holy Spirit delivering Jesus Christ to you. Every time you come to this altar and you eat the body and you drink the blood, you can know that your sins are actually being forgiven in that moment. And you are being sustained into life everlasting, for Jesus is there for you. All of this work, creation, salvation, sanctification, all of this, the triune God is doing for you. And is that message that as disciples of Jesus Christ, we need to constantly have proclaimed into our ears. We hear that word in worship, and that is the chief part of discipleship, the most important part of discipleship. Gathering for worship to hear God's word proclaimed into our ears and into our hearts. So you see this, this is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. This is what it means to confirm your faith in Jesus, that you are one who is hearing God's word and worship, learning it in Bible study and caring for everybody that God gives you. But what is more knowing that you are forgiven when you're even falling short in that area? Even when your discipleship wavers, the Lord Jesus is yet there to forgive you, call you to repentance, and promise you the gift of life for the sake of his blood. This is what it means to be a disciple. This is the three drops you have in your bucket today. The three drops I want, to take with, I want you to take with you. Knowing that the word of God is for you. You are not alone. And you are no expert. But what a joy it is to be launched off into a life and to continue to live in a life, when, when, whether you're being confirmed today or whether you have uh, been confirmed for uh, 50 years or 60 years or 70 years, however long it's been since you've confirmed your faith, what a joy it is to know that Jesus has called you into this life where he will constantly forgive your sins and carry you with him to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks for the gift of life and salvation you have won for us. We thank you that you have made us your disciples who hear your word, learn it, and then care with it for everybody that you have given us. We pray this day that you would bless not just our confirmation students, though, Lord, we thank you for this joyful day, but you would bless everybody here who is a disciple in your kingdom. Use us for the glory of your name. Help us to know that all of our sins are forgiven. 
that eternal life is secured for us in Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.